Welcome to another late night with Travis Los. And uh, it's later than last week. It's later than last week. About about a half an hour later. About half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today, this is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> very near and dear. I've gone to Travis for help with this a few times, and I've gone to a few of my other mentors and peers for help with this. I'm I'm like. You ready for this? I'm clenching. You're clenching. No, this is good. This okay. Is good. This is okay. good. I like the, I like this a lot, and I think I think you and I have perspectives as to what it is that you need to do. Two. Here it is. Uh huh. Drum roll. The skills you need to get and keep a job. Oh snap! Yes. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have this down to a science at least. At least I know what it is you need to get a job. I'm coming to the well of Los to drink <laughs> because I am dry <laughs> on this topic. Let me let me reiterate. We're going to talk about the skills you need to get and keep a job. And keep. I like that. And keep a job. And here we go. Let's hear it. There are, I'm counting, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten points. Look at that, I didn't even plan that out. Resume writing is the first skill. Yeah, resume writing. Here's why. Um, first tip under this, do not use a Word template or a Pages template or any template that just spits out a dumb resume to you. Uh-huh. Don't do it. Uh-huh. You need to stand out. This is the first moment a potential employer knows and hears about you or sees who you are and you do not you want to stand out Mm -hmm. i I haven't made a resume in a long time i don't know if ever every year i update my resume every six months i update it i have made websites for companies like like when i was interviewing at google i Mm -hmm. made them like a website that was yeah. kind of like a resume. It's good. It was explaining who I was and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I was I was interviewing to be a coding a coder. Yeah. So why would I hand them a PDF? Right, right. So I coded a website for them. That's good. I think it was good. They I mean they offered me a job, so that was good. That was good, yeah. So take take it up a notch. What? Uh, take Make two websites. No, no, no. Take <laughs> take stock of what your peers or what the average. Oh yes, of definitely the, do that. The averages in the industry, mm. and then take it up a notch. If that means that all PDFs are being spit out by Word and Pages, maybe go to like CreativeMarket.com and and take a look at what templates there are out there, and and take a look at oh what what is a a designer's thing look like, or like find your field and see what everyone's turning in. And just make it better. So you're talking about visual like presentation. Visual presentation. Are, on your list somewhere, does it talk about the content of the resume? Because I, can I talk about that for a little bit? Let's talk about the content. Okay. There are so many ways you could do this. Mm. But I would prefer to recommend to you to not write a list of the jobs you've had and how long you've had them and just the responsibilities you had or your title. Mm. I would prefer to read somebody's resume who told me what they accomplished and what they learned Mm -hmm. and including these kinds of information like these these story driven information points um are really going to go and do a lot of work for you in the way of humanizing you Mm -hmm. to your uh potential employer giving them a story to hold on to while they have while they build a narrative of you in their mind if they just have a series of dry bullet points and facts it's going to be... They're taking a guess at what you can do. Yes. And by you starting to tell them what you learned and maybe your struggles within how you overcame them in a short format, let's say three, four sentences. Yeah. You start crafting your own story and you start um, eliminating the initial interview questions they may have for you. One, one of the biggest questions you have when reading somebody's resume is is like, okay, did you, you know, what part in this in this achievement did you play right you launched this app but what did you do literally right and so if you focus your resume not so much as we launched this app to see this many results and blah 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 but it's like i worked with the team and i learned this skill or together we you know did this and i was this part and the problems that we had were this but we overcame them this way like that's really rich really rich storytelling 
and that's gonna um, really draw people in. Mm. Resumes are so hard to read, dude. Yeah. And so, like, if you give somebody narrative and um, that kind of like thickness of storytelling, it's gonna be a lot easier for them and also a lot more memorable. Yeah. For them. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. If you want us to dive into resume writing or tips on resume, just tweet us. And if we get a critical mass of, I don't know, 10 people. <laughs> at Trav and Lowe's. At Trav and Lowe's. Um, then we'll take a, a, a more in-depth uh, podcast or maybe I'll write a blog post and with some visuals or something. And then you guys I can, would read that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can tackle that. Um, so let's you, continue. So let's continue. Number two. Okay, you've got a resume. Now you need the skill of finding a job. <laughs> <laughs> Just locating it? <laughs> Well, you got to find it. You have a resume, but then then you have to go seek a Who job. do you give it to? Who do you give it to? Uh -huh. Who's looking at it? How do you get it to that person? Yeah. Um, so how do you find a job? Don't ask me. Number one is if you're in an industry that has recruiters, just find all those recruiters and go meet with them because what they'll do is they'll help you polish off your resume. And if you're in a creative field that needs to show work, they'll, they'll help you polish off a portfolio. Really? They, they give you creative feedback on your presentations and stuff? Be, yes, because they have a lot to gain from your employment. That's great. So they're in it for you I to win. I would imagine it. that that would, that would be a, a particularly good, um, what are they called, recruiter. Yeah. Or, or, is that, or, does that, or do they all do that? My experience has been that they all do that. Oh, okay. I've never used a recruiter. Yeah. Huh. So that's number one, okay. is, is it's easier to find a job if someone's championing you for that position. Oh, yeah, and they, they know who's yep. looking, right? Yep. The second is if you're starting off in your career, just reach out to your network and let them know that you're looking for a job. Uh-huh. What that's if you have no network? What if you have no network? Um... If I if someone if I had no network, I would try to find a network. And yes. Yeah. Nail on the head. <laughs> yeah. Right. There are two ways to to own a a group. And the first one is to build it yourself. Yep. Or a tribe. Right. This mm -hmm. is this is a Seth Godin thing. Okay. The second one is to inherit it. Find an existing one and just inherit the tribe. Yep. So if you don't have the right friends in the right places. Find out where those people are and entreat them there and join their tribe and get in with them and say, okay, also, I'm looking for a job, you know, or, or whatever it is. And you have to play that right. But that's the point is like, go to where they are. Yeah. Find a group. Meetups are really, really good for this. Ideal. Meetups are great. And I... You know how many meetups I've been to where at the end, like, who was ever hosting goes, also, we're hiring. Yeah. One of, one of the <laughs> biggest motivation that a company will have to host a meetup is to, is to source talent. Yep. Yep. So go to meetups, and I, I'm pretty positive that majority of industries have meetups. Yes. Go to them, mingle, and even go to meetups that are not in your industry. You'll be surprised. Yeah. If, I, if I'm a developer, I would go to a designer meetup because they are lacking in development. Yep. If I'm a designer, I would go to a developer meetup because everyone's a developer there. And I want to go to a project manager meetup. Yeah, go to like go to go to go go to a meetup where you are Dentist. the scarce resource. Um, Oops, sorry. A uh, bass fish bass fishing. Yes. Meetup. So go to a bass fishing meetup. I'm gonna go. To, uh, this is. I mean, okay. as an architect, I'm go. <laughs> I'm going to uh, YouTube Creator Day tomorrow. Oh, that's cool. Where at is that? YouTube Campus. Oh, in, fun in San Bruno. Fun. Mm. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Want to come? Uh, what time is it? I don't know. Tomorrow, like all day. Mm. Yeah, whatever. Let's go. Continue. All right. So, uh, if you want us to talk more about this, tweet us at Travel Loves. Oh yeah. And then we'll put. These are all tweetable. These are all tweetable. <laughs> uh, okay, number three. You have now have a resume that's tailored. You know which jobs you want to apply for, and either you found someone that can submit that to you, or you're submitting your resume there. And here's and and these are in parens is find out what work they're looking for and create a body of work that's tailored for that job. Ah, uh, yes. Right? Yes. And I think this is across any field. Uh-huh. So if you, if you are an architect, if you're an illustrator, if you're a designer, if you're a kitchen and bathroom modeling handyman, uh -huh. always put together a tailored collection of work 
for that position. Right. And the pendulum swings the other way. Put together a tailored collection of work that you want to represent yourself with. Yes. Just because you know that this people like X doesn't mean that you need to give them only X. Right. And because at the end of the day, you want to be someplace where you're making work that you like. Mm-hmm. And so representing your true, your truest uh, aspirational work mm-hmm. is, is a good idea. And that doesn't mean only w- one or the other, right? What I'm saying, it's got to be a well-defined mix. And if you have synergy between those two, what you like to do and what they're looking for, all the better. All the better. You'll have a much more enjoyable experience working at the company. Yeah. And when, when and you they'll fi- value you more. Yeah. And if you find enjoyment, you'll put more honest effort. It's hard to put effort in things you don't enjoy. Uh-huh. Number four. Voila. You are now in. You've made it through the initial first steps and you have a phone interview there are certain skills that you have to think about when doing a phone interview and i used to suck at phone interviews used to used to oh what changed i've gotten better i wouldn't say i'm the best but i've gotten better legendary legendary heroic <laughs> beast mode <laughs> double triple kill <laughs> i'm i'm beast mode phone interview <laughs> <laughs> You hang up and it's like, beast mode. (laughs) (laughs) Triple kill. Triple kill. Easy mode. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So what changed? So here's one thing. This, If you're listening, this may be a dumb moment for you. But the moments that I, like two and a half years ago when I was doing phone interviews, I would schedule them whenever. And like it was usually when my kids were around and I was not focused at all. Oh. And that came across. I thought I could just like, I thought a phone interview was just like, hey, let me get to know you real quick. Uh-huh. But, but they're weeding you out. Yeah. The, the phone interview is the mass weeding of uh, applicants that they get. And I think 40% or 60% are weeded out in a phone interview. Really? They're qualifying you the moment that's happening. So you're saying that you would schedule the call like when there's i didn't i didn't know how important the the phone the first phone okay so that's your point you're making right now the point i'm making is is, okay it's 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 probably one of the most important it's the doorway it's the doorway yeah right it's the doorway it gets easier as the interview goes on right it's right it's hardest to start the interview Okay. And that's the the phone, like that, the first the phone, the phone, uh, the phone screen is the hardest part of the interview process. It is okay. It is. So, so that's the first the first part. There's two points I want to make about phone. Okay. Interview. The first one was, it's the most important part of the interview, right? Yes. Is get this phone interview out of the way, but put it, make sure you're focused. You have all your notes. You've studied the company, etc. Right. Yeah. The second part mm. is just like a podcast. They can't see you. They can't see you, so you have to be a better storyteller. Right. You have to have more excitement in your voice. Oh, my gosh. You have gosh. to have more inflections. Yes. And uh, it's, just, it's just whatever public speaking tips you can find on Google, amplify them when you're on just, you, you only have one tool, is your voice. As I'm talking to you right now, I have hand gestures, I'm making eye contact, there's body language that you are missing out on. Yeah. And you have to overdo it with better storytelling wow that that's that's really poignant yeah um i have you ever had a conversation on the phone with with somebody that they're just kind of like you feel like you're dragging them along through the conversation yes i stopped talking to them (laughs) (laughs) no i mean not an interview setting any any kind of conversation and then and then you later discover that they thought it was a good conversation no i've never had i've had that (laughs) where, where you're like okay well Anything else? They're like, nah, man, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, all right, well, yeah, we'll talk again later. And then like, and then you find out that they like really enjoyed the conversation or something. <laughs> and it's, it's like, wait, did we have the same conversation? Because Whoa, no, you, you sounded either like, like not interested or just like really overwhelmed or something, you know, yeah. like, like what happened there? So I think, I think you're like, you know what I do when I have phone interviews? No. I go for a walk. 
Oh, I, nice. I put my headphones in. I don't. T- I'm not holding the phone to my thing. Mm-hmm. I put my headphones in and I go. I walk through a quiet neighborhood, mm-hmm. and like and like I am. I'm making gestures with my hands and mm-hmm. I'm talking at the top of my voice mm-hmm. because I want to. I want to have uh, energy. Yeah. Because they're, they're imagining every time that they're you having a conversation with you. They're imagining what it's like to be working with you. Yes. And they don't want to work with a deadpan like kind of boring person, right? <laughs> yeah. They want to work with somebody who's going to invigorate their creative process. Yeah. And so being that person is going to be is going to going to be all that better for you during the interview process yeah, yeah. you have to oversell and the phone and not and you not kind of s- really do yeah you have to overdo it you have to overdo it and like pretend it's a pantomime yeah the person in the back of the room can't see your face very well so you have to gesture loudly and yeah and smile big actually yeah. smiling is, a, is one of the good points yeah. even though they can't see your face yeah. if you have a smile on you're going to have that that inflection in your voice yeah. that rises towards the end yep. like that like that, um, like that. <laughs> and it's going to sound more pleasant than you know like that yeah you know like where you're going down yeah and a t- and a tip is rec- record yourself oh my goodness that's Re- a great tip record yourself and 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 have someone ask you questions a friend a peer or maybe ask yourself the questions and then answer them and listen to yourself and then when you hear yourself Get over the point, like, ew, my voice. Get over that. Yeah. And then how do you improve your inflections and your storytelling? Yeah. Et cetera. Remember when I was doing interviewing at LinkedIn? Yes. And I, I came over. Were you there? I came over to uh, Tyler's house and I gave oh, you guys a presentation. Oh, I was there. You were yeah. there. You gave the presentation. Yeah. I gave the presentation. So so let me give you some story around that. In order okay. to prepare for even the mock presentation I gave to you guys, yeah. I wrote it all out longhand, mm-hmm. prepared all the other uh, presentation files, my keynote and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I read through it trying to nail the nuances mm-hmm. of, the, of the pronunciation, the inflections. And I recorded my voice reading it how I wished that I could say it the yes. best. Yes. And then I listened to that everywhere I went for three days. Yep. And I was walking to the train, I was listening to my voice and I would talk along with it. And and you know, the the bullet points that I wanted to talk about were seared into mm-hmm. my mind. Mm-hmm. How I wanted to present them, it was just like hearing a song that you know how the singer's gonna end the note, you know, and it was just yep. kinda like that. So when you're finally giving the presentation or you if it's a phone conversation or whatever, mm-hmm. you're gonna nail the points that you want to nail because you've practiced them. It's literally it's literally if you wanna be a good basketball player, show up to practice. Yep. Like like setting up a, a situation where you can have um, some your friend or your spouse or your significant other, like like go through possible questions that mm-hmm. they would ask, and you can like just like you said, I'm just like reinforcing what yeah. you said. Yeah, it's important. Record it while you do it, and then listen back and be like, I didn't like the way I said that, and write out what you think you yeah. should have said, and record that. Yep. Good. It's gold. Yeah. Gold. Next. We're so good at podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's that good. was jest, by the way. Uh, next part is there's either another phone interview. Just do the same thing. Okay. Do the same thing if there's another phone interview. Uh, read more into the company and just always oversell how excited you are for the opportunity and to meet the team and work with the team. Sometimes they give you an itinerary. You're going to be speaking to this person and you can like Google them. Right, right. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not to that point yet. Oh, but you can do that. You uh, Google or LinkedIn. Okay, this this goes for all stages of the interview. If you know who you're going to interview with, find out more about them. Yeah. Go to their website. Go to LinkedIn. Go to Google, Facebook, Twitter. You can find out a lot about what this person's like. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me a lot. Stalk them. No joke. Stalk yep. them because when you're getting interviewed, you can lead you can lead them you can lead the conversation to something that you guys can find in common yep and you just say it in passing this is just a tip you say it in passing and then they usually bring it up you're like oh really i didn't know you and, like shawshank redemption weird what? yeah and then you just and you talk <laughs> about it or something like that but you start feeding things because the first thing people do when you meet when you meet anyone in person and, and, and self-reflect here is you try to find common ground yes that's the first thing you do and so if you can set up the conversation in such a way that that common ground will just find it makes you more likable. Yeah, and they can start envisioning being a, a teammate with you. Absolutely, people are only ever interested in themselves. That's a fact, and we've said that before in many podcasts. Absolutely, <laughs> and if you can make the show, i.e., the interview, be about them. Yep, even better. <laughs> you win. <laughs> you win. So next, 
and this is we're we're going to get into the in person interview, but we're not there yet. Yeah. <clears throat> you may have a Skype interview. Okay. Or a or a, a, a FaceTime interview or a Google Hangout interview yeah. or something where they see your face. Uh-huh. Right. There are some disadvantages to this. Is even though they can now see your gestures and whatnot, you're you're a floating head, really. Uh huh. Right. And so some tips that I found uh, f- for this is make sure you have awesome lighting. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have the fastest Wi-Fi uh-huh. possible. If you don't, just uh, set the expectation early. Yeah. Right. But if you do, make it the best lighting and best internet speed as possible. Make sure your battery's charged. Make sure you've eliminated all the minor things that could go wrong. Like this, and like like put the dogs outside. Put the dogs outside. Put everything on silent. Eliminate all distractions and focus. Yeah. Focus in on what's what's about to happen. The other tip is to uh, put your webcam, laptop, what have you, in a favorable angle to your face or body. You want to make yourself look as pleasant as possible. Just imagine if the it's camera... like a little bit above you. A little bit above you. Yeah. yeah imagine if it, was, if it was below you. It's not a... It's you don't like, want to see your double chin. You don't want to see your double chin, yeah. etc. A little bit above you, get a good angle. Yeah. And smile. Yeah. And smile, make gestures, and just have a, a, the most pleasing and approachable face as possible wear something nice wear something nice and if you think about cameras and 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 whatnot wear something that's not distracting so they can focus on your face yeah right and so for my interviews i tend to wear black what do you think about back backdrops like do you are you concerned with what's behind you um as long as they're not distracting it, it uh, here's the thing if you put something in the backdrop uh it i would focus on it being a conversation starter what is that? Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me more about that. Uh, that's right? interesting. And so I have this poster that says, make things and excuses is crossed out. And yeah. I have that in the background. So if people ask me, I'd be like, oh, yeah. That's just, <laughs> yeah, right? That's, that's really good, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this is, oh, what's this in the background? Oh, that's, that's actually why I'll be a good asset to your company. <laughs> so just saying. Just saying. <laughs> uh, and then the rest holds true is, is, if you focus and try to learn as much about the company and convey your excitement for the position, that takes you a long way. Yeah. Takes yeah, you, yeah. carries you a long way. Um, do you have anything to add to that before I move on? No. Okay, next. If it, if this is a, a, a position that requires you to prove your skills before bringing you in, this is another way to weed you out. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What will happen is the challenge will come to you. And to put into perspective... Uh, for me, it's usually a design challenge. For coders, it could be a like coding challenge. Uh, yep. For product managers, it can be a specking exercise. Yep. For architects, it could be uh, create a blueprint for whatever, um, et cetera, et cetera. And if you're, if you're in your own field, if this applies to you, just think about what the challenge could be. When it comes to you, there's usually a time limit to it. Make sure that when you do it or before you start it, that you understand the problem. If you don't understand it, make sure you communicate with them because this shows a sign of I'm clarifying what the project scope is and this is a, a way for them to start seeing how you work and interact. If you've made it this far, they're rooting for you. They are rooting for you. It's okay to say like, how do you want me to do this? Or yeah. or like, what would you prefer to see? Yeah. I remember you know, my interview with Google, they gave me a coding challenge and... Like, as I was walking out of the building after the first interview, he's like, yeah, we're going to send you a coding challenge, and just make sure you do... And he just listed what he wanted yeah, to see. Yeah. Make sure you do this, and this, and this, and this, and you'll be fine. And I was like, yeah, yeah thanks. Thanks for that. And I made sure... I made damn sure that I put those things in there. They're rooting for you, and like... And that's okay, because when you're on a team, and you're working, they're not unrooting for you. I know. You yeah, know? nobody's like, against you. They'll try to give you as much information as possible so that you succeed because everyone's in it for the success of the company or the project. Right. Right? You know how much, like, you know how expensive it is to, like, find and hire somebody? It's expensive. There's, there's, it's in the double digits for thousands, I would That's say. in money, but also yeah. time and energy. Yeah. Like, every minute that these, that these hiring managers spend with you, they're away from their project, right. which they are on deadline to get done. And they're still getting paid. Right. To interview you. Right. And right. so, like, it's really expensive for them. And that's just supporting, you know, the idea that they are rooting for you. Right. Yes. Um, okay. Awesome. 
you've turned in your challenge, they've weeded everyone out, and then before you turn your challenge, I want to make the same point I made for the resume. Find out what it is they want you to turn in and take it a step further. Over, take the challenge further. Take the challenge further. Uh, Over-deliver the challenge. Ooh. Okay? Yeah. Because what is this showing them? A glimpse of how it would be to work with you. Yeah. You will always take it a step further and give the company more, give the project more than what's expected. Right? And this goes to back to high school, right? Like, you could get a B or you can get an A+. Plus, right? And mm. all that it took wasn't you being smarter. It's just putting in a little bit more effort. Yeah. That's what it... Tailoring... Tailoring, message, yeah. tailoring your message, right? So you've done the challenge. It's awesome. You're now in there for in-person interviews. And like always, if you want us to talk more about these topics, just tweet us at Travin Loves. Yeah. <clears throat> because there's a lot here and there's a lot that we can go in depth. This is thick, man. This is thick. <laughs> Muddy water. Heavy, Heavy content. There's this next topic, which is in-person interview. We can spend an hour and a half talking about. But I'm going to try to highlight some of the pointers and some of the high-level things I try to focus on when this is happening. Number one is you will have an itinerary to who you're interviewing with. Learn as much as you can about all of them. Write it down in a notebook. Write down their names and write down some notes about them. So you know you have a pretty good idea of who these people are. And when, and when they come into the room and they start talking and interviewing, this picture of who they are starts to fill out in your head. And it's easier to make them out. That's so smart. That's so smart. Yeah. Um, to give you an example, I interviewed at this company recently. Yeah. And as I was doing this, um, one, of, one of them interviewed me and asked me a question, right? And the question was, do you have experience um, working with with others like illustrators and, and like uh, videographers and getting people on board. Yeah. Right. And I've had that experience at Pinger when I've had to work with outside agencies. Uh-huh. But uh, some of, some of that experience has also been in personal projects and finding illustrators or finding people to help me, etc. And, and being a, a, a project manager for a, a, a topic. Right. But I found out that she, the person that interviewed me when I went to her website, that's how she described herself. As an illustrator? As, not as an, as an illustrator. She's a designer. And she's like, I have a lot of projects, but I'm really good at finding illustrators. And I have to do this for, for my work on my own. Finding illustrators, videographers, and all these other people, writers, copywriters, etc., so that I can get my goal. But I do that, and I know how to do it really well, and I have to do it for myself. So she's proud of a skill, and then she asked you about the skill and that she's And she asked proud me about of. that, and then I answered it right to how she described herself. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I do that for myself, That's too. That's like unfair. It's unfair. Um, you're killing it so hard. It's unfair. <laughs> she didn't even have a chance. Be- no, but, but here's the thing. It's, but no, it's... no. Okay, so let me just make it make that statement a little bit better. It, it's 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 okay. It, I, I, I'm just having a hard time because that was like um, a softball pitch, and you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> And I'm not even sure if she knew that it was a softball pitch, but the, the thing, the, the elements in play here are this. You did your research. Mm-hmm. You understand this person at least as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that they, they gave you exactly what you expected them to give you. Yeah. And you could respond in, in an appropriate manner because of the time that you put into your research yep. phase. It's important to research the people that are interviewing you. Oh my gosh! It's and, and as soon as you do that, she loves you. Yeah, she yeah, and she and she loved that response. And I already had that experience, mm-hmm. right? But you could underline it in a way. But I knew how to deliver it in a way yes. that resonated with her. Yes. Wow. Right. Yeah. Very important to know who's interviewing you and try to find out as much as possible because that's who's coming in the interview room. That's your audience. That's your audience, mm-hmm. and they haven't changed much people it's it's really hard for people to change yeah (laughs) right yeah and so you'll know what to expect and how they communicate so you can second point is mirror them you want to mirror their body language their tone of voice there was a guy that interviewed me and everyone else had a kind of like an average speaking voice but he was really loud when he talked Uh and that's just and i'm probably peaking right here but he was really loud in anything that he said and it was just 
how he communicated. He was just passionate, and this this was just his inflection. Yeah. So what did I do? I mirrored him. Yeah. I raised my voice. It wasn't. He wasn't angry. I wasn't uh-huh. angry. That's uh-huh. not how I talk. But I mirrored him because people like themselves. Yes. And if you see someone who's like yourself, you'll probably like them. Uh huh. Right. So I mirrored them. That's an important thing. Is once you know your audience, it's also important. And you can even take it a step further. Is if you know how they're gonna be mirror that way before in preparation oh yeah yeah this okay. is a straight out of dale carnegie right here what is that uh how to win friends and influence people oh i haven't read that one yet classic i want to read it though yeah um okay the obvious ones are dress to impress you know dress for the job you want kind yeah. of thing yeah. yeah find out and even if you can go to the area see what the the area is dressing like etc look at pictures of the culture see what they're dressed like mm. and then Dress accordingly. Yeah. Right? Um, they want to see how you would fit in. If you're walking around, you want to already start blending into the to the environment. Uh-huh. Right? That's always helpful. Always bring your excitement for the position. That that should that should carry throughout everything. Every communication, every designed moment you have with them, always carry that excitement over because they want to work with people that are exciting to work with. And they're excited for the project. That's interesting that you talk about the position. Be excited for the position. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, I've seen people, they're like, okay, this is the position, but what are my chances of moving around? Or, no. you Because <laughs> they want somebody to do that job. That's why they're hiring. They're for hiring them. there. And then just a, a way to phrase that is, um, these are my goal, my, my one, three, five-year goals. Uh-huh. Is that something that can be attained here? Oh yeah, yeah. Is there some? Is that that's the career development I'm looking for? And is that the the right career development for me? What uh-huh. do you think? And start start bringing them because once they start doing things for you, thinking about your career, you already start to win them over. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, once you so once you start serving others, you start to get empathy for them. Yep. And so if you can get people to do things for you or start thinking for you, they start finding uh, empathy for you. Right. So they're just very subtle things and. and I can write a long blog post about this or we can have a, a one-hour conversation and we can bring back Travis McCleary. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Um, Mostly because of his name. Yeah, Travis McCleary. Um, another thing is usually the interviews will be long and if they are long, they're going to ask you, would you like a drink of water? Do you need to go to the bathroom or anything? Take a drink of water yeah. and go to the, go to the bathroom. Uh-huh. Right? Why? It gives them a break. It gives you a break to recuperate. And it shows them that you're not a robot, you're human. You're like, oh yeah, thanks for the suggestion. I'm, I'm going to go take a drink of water yeah. and I'm going to go to the bathroom. It's just nice. You know it's, what else? It's low key. Here's another subtle benefit of that. Go ahead. And, and it's very similar to what you said just a few minutes ago. But once you like allow them to go get you a drink of water, they're serving you. Yes. And they're building, however subtle, they're building that um, empathy for you. Because you can't help but love the people that you serve. That's it's just true. the way it is. It's the way it is. Be prepared, show your enthusiasm, your excitement, drop little breadcrumbs along the way of, of your interview of things that you know about them that may come up in an in interview so that you guys can find common ground. Yes. But you don't want to bring it up. You don't want to be like, hey, That's I saw that you were. So here's an example. I had a Skype interview with uh, this person. This was after the phone interview. Yeah. This was a separate person for the, the position that I recently uh, interviewed for. Uh-huh. And... Um, I looked at LinkedIn, I looked at as much as I could find out, and I found out that she went to George Mason University, which is a, a university that I live right across the street from in Virginia. Oh, okay. And this was the first Skype interview I had. Uh-huh. I knew what she looked like. Um, I knew as much as I, I knew as much as possible from social networks that right. she put out there. Uh-huh. So I already, already started forming a picture of who this person is, right? And where they work, and and that she's a designer. Yes. There's a lot of, I could make a lot of eighty percent calls of what to expect. Okay. Right. And while we were interviewing, she asked me, "So tell me about yourself, right?" And I knew I wanted to talk about Virginia because she, I was hoping she would bring up that she went to George Mason, which is in Virginia. Right? Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, well, I grew up in the East Coast, uh, in New York City, and then I moved to Virginia." And uh, went to high school there. I, I just I loved it there, but not. And then after after being there, I moved to the West Coast. You know, but uh-huh. my family's still in Virginia. And it's yeah, just, it's just cool that I was able to be there, but now on the West Coast, and it's just cool to see some similarities. She's like, oh really? I I'm I, I went to school in Virginia. I went to George Mason. And I was like, no way. I lived right across the corner in the townhouses from George Mason. She's like, I know exactly where that is. 
we started off on the right foot already. We found common ground. So we can we can skip getting to know each other and now go to why she was talking to me. <laughs> it's like like um like this weird cheesy date. Yeah. You're like, yeah. no, you like movies? I like movies. <laughs> but but it's like it was serendipitous to her. It was Sure. Like, right? Yeah. But I that was tactful. Right? It was. There was. And you let her draw the draw the association. Yes. Not you. Not me. I just set the breadcrumbs there. And if she followed, awesome. If she didn't, I wasn't banking on it. I like that. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think that it's better for her to draw the association than for you to hammer it out for it's, her? It's, uh, this could interview, interviews are like dating. You're getting to know people in a short amount of time. Yeah. Right? And you want other people to find... You want them to feel empowered as to like finding the commonality or bringing something up, right? You, it's frame control. You want to give them the power without them knowing. Interesting. I accept it fully. Okay. I'm just curious about your take. That's that's, a, it's that's good. my take. Yeah, that, I like it. Um, so, research, be prepared, look the part, be clean, smile, bring the energy, and bring the energy the entire way through. And if they want to bring you a glass of water, always allow it to happen yeah okay um next is you're done you say your thank yous and you're off send up a follow-up email thanking them for their time because they've probably you're not the first person they interview and if you are there's 20 more people that they're interviewing yes thank them for the time and again design your experience that the experience they're having with you and bring forth the excitement of for the position you'll be surprised at how many people don't even say they're excited for the position yeah that's interesting you know i was listening to a, an interview with uh, matt mullenwig who's the ceo of automatic they make wordpress well okay. they you know mm -hmm. whatever um and he was saying like 90 percent of his interviews are via email wow and he's like you can tell so much from how somebody writes yes just i mean you know what i mean so if you if you're taking the time to write a thank you email you're getting that much more of a touch point yep you're extending the interview that much longer you are and it's all for positive positive yep. things oh yes and don't not, ever yeah don't ever ask did you like it did i do well is that okay oh yeah you don't ever want to be in position of weakness interesting those are all positions of weakness uh, anytime I, I hand a design challenge i never ask did you like it was that good enough yeah because I handed in my best work. Right? There we are. Yeah. Yep. How did the interview go? I don't care how the interview went. I think it went well, so I'm not going to ask you how it went. I'm going <laughs> to let you tell me. Yeah. And um, at the end of the interview, they'll say, when can I hear back from you? Position of weakness. Say, thank you for your time. I, I appreciate meeting all of you. I'm excited for, I'm, I'm excited to talk soon for the things to come. Ah. Just leave it like that. That's good. Right? You know, uh, the follow-up email is a, is a great time to set those expectations as well mm -hmm. so you've sent this email and you could include a line at the end like i mean depending on who it is mm -hmm. if you're emailing if it's the recruiter then you'll say i'll follow up with you next week right right if it's the hiring manager you would say like something a little bit less aggressive but you, know, you could set the expectation of when the contact yes is or or that it should happen yes a great a great other thing to do in email is to provide resources that occurred references during the conversation oh that's great so if you talk about oh yeah oh no i read this article blah 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 link to that article yeah. in the thing like i was thinking about our conversation i just wanted to make sure you read this thing that we talked about yeah i think you would like it yep and 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 take it from the point of whether you get the job offer or not it's still a network that you've made yeah and maybe they're hiring again later maybe you came in second mm -hmm. and now there's a position open two months later and they will contact you yeah right when when i was uh interviewing at LinkedIn I didn't take the job in, uh, at all mm -hmm. at the end but one of the guys that interviewed me like we just like we resonated so yeah. well yeah and kept in contact with him yeah you know what I mean like, we tweet each other and stuff that's good it's not a deep relationship but it's interesting that like ultimately we decided that we that we're not going to work together professionally yeah but like it's worth it to have a weak tie yes yep. yes certainly I mean and I'm not saying even like it's worth it because someday he'll hire me somewhere else. Yeah. Like it was just—he's just a good guy, yeah. and like, <laughs> like it's just that connection with people. Like you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans, and the only thing that matters is the relationships that we have. Yep. So it, like, being cordial in your email is gonna strengthen that. Yep. You know. Yep. So that's your follow-up email. 
the next you get an offer awesome yay right what if it's not enough tell them right yeah now it's the point of negotiating an offer yeah right and there's a lot that goes in into weighing out if there's enough or not and this is a longer topic but be okay if you want more be okay with losing it that's the risk you run is be okay with yes be okay with losing the offer if yep. you want to negotiate for a yep. higher yep. position mm-hmm. higher number mm-hmm. right and that's i think that's the most important thing is if you're choosing to negotiate and do a hard sell and a hard no be okay with losing it and that's the position you should go for yeah. if you're doing it yeah don't negotiate it if this is your only source of revenue and you're banking on this Yeah, I mean that that's that's a okay, so that's the thing um in negotiation you always want to negotiate from a position of power. Yep. of of um of providence, mm-hmm. right? I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you can give me something that will entice me. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not struggling for it. Right. Uh whether that's I mean and and, it, and it's hard because it's really, really hard to advise the guy who's who's struggling to make ends meet yeah. to tell him to play hardball. Yeah. Hardball. It's really hard to give that advice. But if you are in that luxury, mm-hmm. like being okay to lose out on the entire interview process mm-hmm. to to get your you know, your your salary goal, mm-hmm. it can be worth it. Could be worth it. Mm-hmm. So, dear listener, it's up to you how much you want to push back there's there's this concept of um risk tolerance mm-hmm. in in uh, like um stock market trades and stuff mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it, it comes down to that like how much stomach do you have for the possibility that you're going to lose this opportunity mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. and if you have a good stomach for it you can have good outcomes high risk high reward yes yeah. exactly like that. Yeah. you could also freaking botch the whole thing that's true and then you'd be like okay no no okay okay, okay. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so be be careful yeah. Be careful, and it's it's your call in the end, and that's uh, goes without saying. Um, but you get an offer, awesome. We have spent eight points on getting a job. Huh. You don't want to lose this job now. So, the last two points is how to keep the job. All right. And we can get granular with this, but I want to focus on the first six months. Okay. And this is to the point we made in the last podcast and the advice that Travis gave me is have the internship mentality. You're the intern, which means you want to find success and get to the next rung in your career, which means you are going to hustle and put in, put in full effort. Don't let up the gas. If you do this, you will fly through the first six months and set a pace for yourself that you can, you set a pace and expectations for your work that you will have to follow. Yeah. The remainder of your time there. That's interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the first six months, give it your all, have this intern mentality, and you will set the pace and expectations from your peers and for yourself of what it is to work with you. Yeah. And while I love the hustle, mm-hmm. and I hope that I make that clear, Yeah. <laughs> there is also... You have to set the expectation of them respecting your life. Mm-hmm. So if you, in your first six months, are the guy who comes in on Saturday, mm-hmm. you're going to be the guy who comes out on Saturday for the rest of your life. Right. So you have to kind of like plan out and plan ahead for how you want your work life to balance to be and mm-hmm. kind of set those expectations early. Just as much as you, accept, as you set the expectation of I'm a hard worker and I produce good work fast right. or whatever the case that you're trying to go for is... Also set the expectation of what your boundaries are yeah. and what they can ask you for. Yeah. Thank you for making that point. That's what I was thinking was um, within the hours that you've defined that you go to work, Yeah. have the intern mentality in that time. Certainly. Right. Love the hustle. Yeah. So hustle in that time. Um, also, um, tr- there's, a, there's a big knowledge dump that will happen um, for you to get up to speed and just anticipate that and there's nothing you can do to prep but just know that it's coming mm-hmm. and the first six months just try to ask a lot of questions be as transparent as possible 
ask as ask for help as much as you can asking for help is a sign of maturity and they'll they're there for you to succeed and everyone knows that there's an onboarding process and there's a knowledge gap that you need to come up to speed and the more questions you ask and the more transparent you are the sooner you'll get over the hump and the sooner you'll be productive um, and getting paid for what they hired you for yeah take notes take notes mm-hmm. write it down write it down or else there'll be nopes <laughs> oh there'll be nopes and then the rest of the time of the company then you have to talk then then you're managing expectations by whenever you turn in work set the expectations of the feedback you want for that work or or what caliber of work you're turning in so that when they look at it they're not judging it for what it's not or okay. lo- or looking at it for the feedback you don't want for example helping people to understand your process yeah help them understand your process and what are you turning in mm-hmm. you have to tell a story behind what it is you're turning in or why you're doing this so that there's no miscommunication and they don't think that oh your stuff sucks right maybe you're turning in a rough draft because that's the expectation you want to set and you want feedback on that rough draft uh-huh. or first iteration yeah tell the story and manage the expectations for all the work you turn in so it doesn't bite you in the butt yeah. And you have to have a conversation of like, oh, well, that's not what I meant. The reason I did that. Right. It's better to over-communicate than backpedal. Yep. The second point is manage your perception of what you are as an employee and how you're producing. That's really good. Manage the perception of what people think about you. Because even though we want to work or we may be working at a company that's like, oh, we're transparent and cool and, and specific to the bay come in when you want leave when you want you know work uh-huh. the hours you want uh-huh. there still is a perception that you have to manage and it bit me in the butt recently tell me about it right tell me about your butt um tell me about my butt is um i was at a uh startup with this culture uh-huh and um even though i worked at home and and did a lot of work at home uh, I did a lot of work from home because I have kids and I had to spend some extra time at home. Yeah. And, and because I have kids, I wanted I, I found it more important to spend time with them in the morning. So I left a little bit later and got in a little bit later. Uh-huh. And then I left when everyone else left around 4.30 because I want to be home for like dinner time and bath time and stuff like that because my family is important to me. Yeah. Right. What I didn't do is manage my perceptions at work. I didn't send emails. When you're working from home, you have to send more emails so that people think you're working. Uh-huh. Right. So that there is a perception of, oh, he must be working because he's sending emails, uh-huh. right? Even if you don't need to send those emails, you're managing those perceptions. I failed to do that even though I knew that's what I had to do, right? And I didn't set expectations or a schedule as to why am I coming in at the said time? Why am I leaving at said time? Right. I didn't manage those expectations. And so there were perceptions of me as a producer of work. And am I putting in the time that I need to be putting in? Uh-huh. And this was great feedback that I got. And my learning from that is you can't let up on managing your perceptions at work. Because even if it's a cool company and they're like, oh, yeah, whatever, it's not. People are human and yeah. they, and they, they make calls. Judge you. They judge you and they yeah. make calls about who you are and what yeah. you do. So manage the work that you send and, and the expectations that they should perceive for what you're turning in and manage what, how, what and how you're perceived at work. And that will help you keep the job. Hmm. I think that I could do better. I think everyone can do better. Yeah. But but yes, those are poignant. That is interesting. And uh, top of my mind. I have uh, something to add. It's not it's not exactly um, playing off of what you're talking about, That's but fine. but I'm reminded like just in, just in terms of keeping the job and and keeping the um, whole thing going. Um, do you know who Neil Gaiman is? No, I'm not good with names. He's an author. Uh, he wrote he wrote the the, the uh, graphic novel Sandman. Oh, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. big deal. Uh, Neil Gaiman was giving a commencement speak, speech, I think it was at Cambridge, okay. and he said that when you're working in a professional environment, there's three things that you can do to either reinforce the perspect, uh, the perception of yourself or mm-hmm. diminish it. Uh, the first one is do good work. Okay. Second one is do good work on time. Mm. Or, or Sorry, not do good work on time. Do work on time. Meet your deadlines, whether good or bad work. Mm-hmm. And the third one is be a pleasure to be around. Okay. Those three things. And he said, you can um, have any combination of two of them and you'll be fine. Mm. But 
if you only do one, do only one, you're probably going to be out soon. That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I've seen that uh, when reflecting. Um, I'm a pleasure to be around and I do good work. Uh-huh. I don't always meet my deadlines yeah. because I overextend uh-huh. what I think I can do. Uh-huh. And so I uh, overpromise and underdeliver. Oh. Which isn't a good thing, right? The idea is you want to underpromise and overdeliver. It's general wisdom. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to see that. I think I, I think I always hit my deadlines and I do good work. <laughs> I think that'd sorry be, that'd be accurate that's accurate <laughs> sorry guys that's funny that's it for me uh, if you want us to dive into more of these a blog post or, or get a collection of good blogs by other people tweet us at Travenlos for any of the topics we talked about or go to travenlos.com and You'll go to scroll to the bottom and you can tweet Travis or I at our Twitter handles. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. It may, it means the world to Los and I. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm looking at his big doe eyes right now and, <laughs> and he's just he's in love with you. Yes. Thank you for listening. And if you loved or thought this was cool, spread the word and uh, subscribe. You're probably already subscribed. Yeah. And uh, hey, let's try something new. Share uh, if you if you want to. If you want to do us a big favy. Yeah. Share the podcast on, you know, your on your uh, Reddits or your designer news oh, or yeah. your product hunt or whatever you like. Yeah, if you think it's cool, give us some upvotes. Yeah. Put it on the platform, a community and help us leverage yeah. another community. So what we <laughs> want to do there is just share it with more people. Yeah. It's not about the number. We don't give a crap. Yeah, but I think more people will be able to uh I think they'll like it. This more, is a, this more is, lives could benefit. Yeah, this is a different format and this is uh we're as transparent as we allow ourselves to be I guess yeah it's pretty transparent <laughs> I can see basically right through you yes I am transparent <laughs> good night everyone good night